Welcome to another episode of This Engineering Life, the undergraduate series. I'm Becky Simmons, a professor of the practice in mechanical engineering and materials science at Duke University. I'm joined with Raina, Paulina, Ellie, Celine, Jack, and Richard, all undergraduate engineering students also at Duke. In this episode, we're talking about Enable. We have interviews with students that have been participating in the club for a couple years now. Thank you for joining us. Hello, my name is Richard Kim, and I am a co-host with This Engineering Life, and today I'm here with Max. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself and kind of tell us about what you're doing in Enable? Yeah, absolutely. So again, my name is Max Tardif. Um, I am an ECE junior from Vero Beach, Florida, and I am currently one of the co-leads this year for Project NeuralNet with uh, Duke Enable. Um, I joined the team last year and worked on the project, and now me and uh, another person are leading up the project this year. Essentially, the goal of the project is to create um, electronic control systems for prosthetics. So it's a research project. Um, we're looking into different electronic hardware and software that can be combined to essentially um, measure the signals that your arm generates when you do different motions and then take those signals, process them using machine learning, uh, using neural net specifically. And then we can essentially use that information to create control systems for prosthetics that can be then used to assist in uh, generating accurate motions for prosthetics that will be given to people. Oh, that's sick. And that like, kind of connects the hardware prosthetics that Enable typically does with its clients to like, actually moving it with, your, with the muscles, or how does that work? Yeah, absolutely. So essentially, Enable mostly focuses on uh, creating prosthetics for people in the community. But again, like I said, ours is more research-focused. So ideally in the future, you could uh, create prosthetics fit for specific people and their specific mm -hmm. needs. And you could apply an electronic and like software-based control system on their physical prosthetic and allow them to really get the best experience out of the prosthetic and also the most versatile use for the prosthetic and really generate motions almost similar to how your hand would actually generate motions. Instead of having like a just purely mechanical system where like, you know, I think they've, they've used like tension and like things like strings to like move these prosthetics, it becomes like an electrical bionic system where like, you know, these are like robotic hands that can move or um, whatever tool that might, they might need to use for these prosthetics. How exactly do you capture thought process of like moving, you know, your arm into actual movement of like motors? Yeah, exactly. So um, essentially, just exactly like you said, the main projects focus on the mechanical aspects of actually creating the prosthetics for people. Right. The, the goal we're focused on is essentially taking uh, electrodes using Arduino, using different pieces of hardware mm -hmm. to measure the signals in specific points on your arm or on your hand. And then we also are focused on creating different circuits, filtration circuits, um, different things to essentially process the data th from the signals in a meaningful way so that we can then uh, connect certain signals to certain motions of your hand mm -hmm. and use that information to then generate uh, mechanical movements on the prosthetics. What muscles are you really uh, needing in order to like make sure you have accurate measurements? Yeah, absolutely. So essentially what we're focusing on right now is mostly like your hand area. So um, for our focus, you do need to at least have like some arm 
to where you could like essentially if you're missing a hand gotcha that's where our uh project okay. comes in so the muscles you're measuring are like within the forearm yeah absolutely okay. so the cool. the where we're attaching the electrodes mm-hmm. is going to be on the forearm so you do need to still have some of your arm left to where you could attach right the electrodes get that kind of information mm-hmm. um and basically yeah we're attaching different electrodes all around your forearm mm-hmm. and then we are using different things like i said arduinos we have filtration circuits to process some of that data um, to collect the signals and then the goal for the future is once we've collected a good set of signal data then we can use that for training on the actual uh, neural network for the machine learning and these neural networks they're trying to gather patterns on like what like for example if you were to like hold a water bottle you would like recognize that pattern and that's like essentially what the neural net is for yeah absolutely so basically like with any machine learning mm-hmm. you want to have a good set of data where we know what movement, like exactly like you said, what movement generated what type of signal. So if you do a specific movement, you grab something, you twist your arm, you do a certain kind of motion, we can know what kind of motion generated that specific signal. And we can use that data and that information to then train the machine learning network. And ideally in the future, you could put that hardware on an actual prosthetic and when you go to use it in real life it would generate that same motion based off the signal that you're getting from your hand um so like for future um research eventually the goal is to like make these prosthetics that can interpret what signals you're processing through like muscles and then do those motions itself like through the bionic arm yeah, absolutely. So essentially the goal for the future would be mm-hmm. to kind of incorporate all that together. Gotcha. Um, I would say the main focus of what we're working on right now is mostly the hardware aspect, uh, collecting the signals, mm-hmm. filtering out some of the data that might be extraneous data and making sure we're really getting data that's uh, specific to the problem we're trying to tackle. Mm-hmm. And then down the road, we'll try and focus on the uh, software aspect as well, incorporate that and really get the whole system working together to, you know, reach the end goal. What is, like, the most difficult challenge that you've come across while working on this? Um, Yeah, I think, honestly, the most difficult challenge we kind of face is sort of at the beginning of just deciding where to uh, tackle different problems. So last year and definitely this year when we started out, we spent the first, you know, two or three weeks kind of just, like, ideating and trying to come up with... It's When you think about it, it's, like, a very... uh, overwhelming problem just to tackle all at once like right, okay exactly. we're trying to create prosthetics that can um use electrical hardware and software to create motions that your body does naturally and so i think it's kind of tough to like figure out which parts we want to tackle specifically um and so honestly the hardest part at the beginning is just deciding and like breaking the the entire problem set up into smaller specific parts and then going from there and saying okay we'll have one part of the project where we're doing filtration one part of the project where we're doing signal collection, one part where we're doing coding and kind of separating all those big problems out into smaller parts that you can actually tackle and try and manage with a team. Is there um, any sort of like timeline in which you hope to like kind of get these things like these things rolling and like into like a physical prototype? Yeah. So last year we kind of worked, like I said, we, we started prototyping some of the hardware as well. Um, I would say our goal for at least this school year and for the future is we're really trying to get our hardware um, down and working for this school year. So we've been working a lot on the filtration circuits these past few weeks, um, getting those, you know, created, potentially soldering those onto a protoboard and maybe doing a printed circuit board, really getting those ironed out and working. Mm-hmm. And then also working on the signal collection aspect with attaching the electrodes, collecting data for some of those. 
Um, so ideally, by the end of this school year, we're trying to really get those all put together. And then once that part is accomplished, then we can move more into the actual uh, machine learning and, and taking the data that we can collect and really processing it. Okay, yeah, sick. The, I think that from what I'm hearing, there's a ton of mechanical, electrical, and coding parts aspects to this, right? Are you looking for like any students who are interested to join? Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say, I mean, Duke and Able is definitely a great club. I've really enjoyed, you know, the past year and a half I've been in the club. Um, there's all sorts of different people in the club, you know, different sides within engineering. We have some VME people, some mechanical people, some electrical people. Um, there's a variety of different needs, you know, based on different mechanical parts of the projects, electrical parts, software parts. We also have some students who aren't even in Pratt at all, you know, people that are pre-med, um, people that are comp side that are interested in different aspects of the projects. Um, we're always looking for new people to join the club. So I think it's definitely a really exciting way. If you're interested in any of the stuff I've talked about at all and, you know, the software aspect of prosthetics, the, the hardware of it, the actual mechanical aspects of prosthetics, and even like the medical prosthetic industry in general, it's really a great way for you to get involved and kind of get some experience actually working with those things. Yeah. And so if you viewers are interested at all, there seems to be a, a ton of interest no matter what you're interested in um, as an engineer or even not as an engineer. So be sure to check them out. But otherwise, thank you so much for taking the time to talk. And um, please check out NeuralNet out more. And if you have any questions, we'll link his information down. All right. See you guys. Welcome back to this Engineering Life podcast. I'm your host, Celine, And in this segment, we have another guest with us today. Hi, my name is Miranda. I am a senior studying biomedical engineering and mechanical engineering. At Duke, I'm involved in three different clubs, Enable, Combat Robotics, and Project Tapple. Awesome. So those are three pretty engineering-heavy clubs, right? Yeah, so Combat Robotics, as the name suggests, is we make Amway robots, which is one pound, and they fight each other. Project Tapple and Enable are more focused on volunteer community service. For Enable, it's helping, it's making a prosthetic for, for clients who have amputations. I am a team lead for one of the client-based projects. So our client has an amputation, above elbow amputation on the right side. And our goal is to make a prosthetic that fits his residual limb. How long have you been working with this client? Has this been a long project? So uh, I joined the project team last year. Last year, we visited our client to take some measurements of his arm and also to kind of understand what designs and what purpose does the prosthetics need. So for example, they enjoy swimming and also water jetting. So waterproof is definitely important. And another design constraint that they wanted was that it has to look realistic. Yeah. Yeah, so I know you guys mostly 3D print those prosthetics, right? So what's the biggest challenge you've sort of faced so far on this project? Yeah, so with 3D printing, one of the biggest challenges is the tolerancing. With 3D printing, it's easy to get like layer shifts or kind of expansions and plastic fatigue so that the parts don't necessarily fit well when we try to assemble them. Gotcha. And how long have you been involved with Enable? 
last year, I started last year, so it's been a yearish at this point. And you would have joined your junior year, right? Yeah. So when I was a freshman, it was COVID year, so I didn't really hear much about clubs in the first place. And for sophomore year, I just somehow missed it <laughs> during the club fairs. But in, during my junior year, I was like, I wanted to do biomechanics, and this is the closest club to biomechanics, other than like cellular or tissue biomechanics that I can find on campus. How did you hear about the club in the first place? Each year, Duke has a club fair hosted by Duke Groups on East Campus. I made it like a habit of mine to go through that every single year just to see like what new clubs are there and what like what can I get involved in that I previously did not know existed. Yeah, the club fair is huge. It's a little overwhelming, but every single club is there. They're always giving away free things. It's definitely worth checking out. And so how would you say your Enable experience has been or your club experiences in general at Duke as an engineer? I personally love the clubs I got involved in because everyone's so passionate. There's always something new, like people will be like, hey, I want to make this cool stuff. How can I find a group of people who will make this into reality? Yeah, it's super student-driven, I'd say. It's, it's very student mission-oriented. So like for a freshman coming in who maybe have never 3D printed before, is Enable very beginner-friendly? What is that process like? Yeah, so Enable is very diverse and very beginner-friendly. We have general body meetings that teach people how to do SOLIDWORKS and just CADing in general. And if you join a client team, you would get like hands-on experience of printing and also designing. Yeah, that's super awesome. For clubs in general, I feel like Duke is welcoming enough that the, go the main key point is to just show up. Like, if you don't understand anything, it's okay. Like, people will guide you through. And the point is just showing up because for engineering skills, the more you put into something, the more you take away. And by just showing up, you're, you're kind of stepping outside of the comfort zone of not knowing and be like, I am willing to learn. So that would be my biggest advice is to just show up. That's really great advice. That's something I'm trying to do more with clubs. Is there anything you want to say about your team at Enable? Any self-promo? This is, <laughs> this is your chance. So we have a very big client team this year, and I think we're heading in a very great direction because I personally set the goal with our team that we want to, before me and my co-lead, Jonathan, graduate, we want to be able to visit our client again and hand out like at least one or two prototypes. Jonathan is being awesome with his electronics and he has been very helpful with teaching the freshmen like how to do op amps and how to do circuit design. And I'm trying my best to do the 3D printing and also the integration between the mechanical and the electronic parts. And if you want to join, it's never too late. Our meetings are on Mondays from 8 to 9. And if you just show up, we will teach you everything you need to know. That's so awesome. Enable is truly one of the coolest BME-specific clubs on campus. 
Thank you so much for joining us today, Miranda. It was so lovely to have you on the podcast. And for anyone listening who might be interested in the work that Enable does or joining Miranda's specific team on Enable, please come to team meetings on Mondays from 8 to 9 p.m. in Hudson. For our last segment today, I, Raina, am here with Denali Terman. We are the leads of Duke Enable. We run the whole club here at Duke, so this is going to be a more conversational interview about what exactly we do. They know me here on the podcast, so Denali, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Well, I am a biology student. I'm pre-med. I'm from Charlotte, so close by. And I was biomedical engineering my first year when I joined Enable, and now I think engineering is more of a hobby for me. But I still, I still enjoy it. I just don't want to do it. No, my job. absolutely. Yeah, engineering, it's, it's a commitment for sure. I think having you on is going to be a unique perspective, especially because we always only have engineers on the podcast, but we're kind of transitioning this season talking about the intersection between non-engineers and engineering. So you have a perfect insight on that. So you joined Enable when? I think halfway through my freshman year. Yeah. And it was all online at the time, so I would just, you know, join the Zooms. <laughs> yeah, Denali and I started around the same time freshman year, and it was so interesting because we, we couldn't have in-person meetings. And then we both became leadership. We were team leads our sophomore year. You were a team lead too, correct? Yeah, yeah. I became a team lead my sophomore year, and then junior year we became president, vice president, and yeah. then we have a secretary slash treasurer. Yes. So we kind of have stuck with this club through thick and thin a little bit, I think. Do you want to talk about anything about, like, transitioning the club out of COVID and that whole scene that we had to deal with? So Enable used to run really differently, but unfortunately, since we joined during the COVID years when Enable shrank a ton and everything that they did kind of changed, like, all their traditions, we never got to experience that. So when it was time for the leadership switch, there was really only one exec member left. And he tried to like introduce us to it as much as he could and tell us about the old, the old way Enable used to work. But we really had to b- rebuild the, gr- the club from the ground up, especially going from online to in-person. So we incorporated co- some of what we knew they used to do. We just had to come up with a lot of new traditions. Yeah, absolutely. It was definitely an interesting transition for us. I I know I joined Enable because I was just really passionate about what they did. I actually was in a chapter of Enable at my high school as well. So I've been in Enable for quite a few years at this point. But so it was something I really wanted to do at Duke and really wanted to get involved in. And I never really, I guess, thought that I would be like one of the executive leaders of the club. But, you know, here we are. And I think that one thing that I love about Enable is how great the people are. Like even when we go through a lot of challenging times and getting the club stuff off the ground and dealing with the administrative work, the members that we have are just all really passionate and really great to work with, and we we do a lot of stuff for them, I think. Yeah, it's definitely been a pattern (laughs) that um, all, you know, the members are really passionate and the team leads are um, definitely incredibly passionate and knowledgeable, too. Yeah. I want to ask what your favorite part has been working with Enable, and then also what you think the biggest challenge has been over the past four years now, as we're both seniors. <laughs> okay, my favorite part, well, I did high school robotics, and I learned CAD, to CAD in SolidWorks. Um, so my favorite 
part about Enable has been using my CAD to design like things that are actually going to help people, you know, not just little robots that compete, but actual prosthetics, and then teaching others CAD, just because CAD is really fun. The most challenging thing has been trying to keep the numbers up. This year, we changed from meeting from all the teams meeting different days to meeting on one night, and that has helped a lot. So we, we kind of learned that the club works best as like a big cohesive unit. Yeah, that's how the club worked prior to 2020 pandemic, right? Like we would all meet on one night. Well, not us because we weren't here. Right. But so when we, we had heard in, of this. We had heard of it. Yeah, the, the legend says. But when we had come in, we were obviously on Zoom. And then we were just so concerned about like getting people in that I feel like we were just like meet whenever you can meet. Like we just want you to be part of the club. And I think that this past year we've really honed in on that's not what Enable is all about. It's about bringing all of these like-minded and talented and super smart individuals together. And I think that it's helped us a lot so far this past year. Yeah, it's also really helpful to have all these knowledgeable people together at the same time. So if you need help with a certain part of a project, you can go ask somebody else. You know, we're not losing supplies because everybody's there at the same time and can tell you where something is and we can clean up at the end. Yeah. Has it felt different to you since you stopped studying engineering, being a part of Enable? Not really, because the, you know, all I got out of engineering was EGR 101. Fair enough. (laughs) And (laughs) I think what's mostly carried me through is my, like, FRC, you know, robotics experience. And then also, like, it doesn't have to be the engineering aspect, because we do a lot of administrative work, and a lot of it is, like, you know, medical and just the passion for helping people, you know, on the medical side. Yeah, I think a lot of people are intimidated by Enable because it sounds like you need all of these like crazy skills, but we both came in as freshmen when even if we're studying engineering, we don't have any skills, basically. (laughs) But you are a great example. Like Some of the best people in our club are not engineers, and they have the biggest impact. So for anyone out there listening who's thinking about joining Enable, don't be scared. I've learned so much, too, that I wouldn't have learned. Like all of, you know, 3D printing slicers and stuff, like mm. all the 3D printing resources at this school, I don't think, I, I definitely would not have known if I hadn't joined Enable. Yeah. One important part of our job as executive members is getting funding, and we've been very successful in getting funding, which is great for our club because we can do fun things like buy different 3D printers. Yes. Like we recently got a Bamboo Labs printer this year. We've been training our members on that. Like we had a GBM last night where we had one of our team leads teach SolidWorks. I feel like you learn a lot more in-depth and a lot more niche skills in Enable than you do in the classroom, and I think it's a really good compliment to, like, engineering or just education or just interest at all. Yeah. I do think it's a much different experience, and it's interesting that you bring up 101 because what I liked about 101 is you had one project that you work on all semester. It's very similar to how Enable functions. We work on these projects for anywhere from one to, like, ten semesters, depending on the scope of the project. But one thing that I feel like you get out of Enable that you don't necessarily get out of 101 is that client interaction. You get some client interaction depending on your 101 project, but I know I started on Team Sydney, who was a young girl in the greater North Carolina area who wanted a below-the-elbow prosthetic, and she's come to campus three times in the past three years to be able to fit with her mom and made her want to apply to Duke and a bunch of great things. So I think actually seeing a product that you work with a team to make and being able to give it to a client is a really cool experience. Yeah, and something else that's nice is that you're with team members who've been in the club for a couple years, so you can learn from them. Like in EGR 101, you were kind of on your own unless you asked the professors or did research on your own, but here you're actually learning and being taught by your fellow members. Yeah, absolutely. What new things have we also changed since 
2020. I know a lot's changed, but... Yeah, well, we used to meet in the collab, but we wanted a space to have our own 3D printers. So we actually moved into Hudson this year, which is very exciting. It's a large space. We have room for, you know, two 3D printers. We have a Prusa and a Bamboo. It's really nice because we can we can kind of spread out and we don't have to worry about, like, infringing on collab space. Yeah, some of our exec privileges slash responsibilities this semester have been going in late nights and, like, cleaning the space. Yes. And, like, we hung up, like, fabric and, like, LED lights to really make it an enable space for our members. Yeah, it's definitely a little bit of HGTV. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But it's looking cute. It's looking cute. Yeah, so we have to have a cute space. We're, the, like, it's, we've really renovated the space. Yeah, we have. Check the Duke Enable Instagram for some updates. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see what happens when they update Hudson. But I yes. think we've... Even nicer. It'll be even nicer. It'll be even nicer. Yeah. Do you want to share, to end it off, one, I kind of talked about my, like, favorite part, which I think also was, like, my biggest accomplishment, being able to deliver a product to a client. Do you have any, like, lasting memory that you think you'll take with you after Duke? I think my favorite memory was that after we did the SolidWorks workshop that, that I kind of ran, Afterwards, I saw, you know, all the teams actually implementing those skills to make their prosthetics. And it was just heartwarming that, like, the skills that I taught were actually being used to help real people and that people were able to learn so much from that workshop. Yeah, I think we both have had a really unique experience, like, coming in from Enable on the ground up where we've gotten really into the nitty-gritty, like, client interface, technical side, and then also, like, the higher-level approach to running a club. I think it's been... It's been a pretty rewarding experience. I think, yeah. I think you've done a pretty good job. Oh, I thank say you. So myself. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come out and talk to us about Enable. This Engineering Life is brought to you and supported by the Pratt School of Engineering at Duke University. A special thanks to all of our interviewees for sharing their experiences. Our senior producer is Dr. Rebecca Simmons. Our editors are Raina Verbetsky, Richard Kim, and Celine Wang. Our theme music is from Silverman Sound, Audionautics, and Kevin McLeod. This Engineering Life social media is run by Raina Verbensky and Paulina Epstein. Our brand new co-hosts for this season are Jack Dugoni and Ellie Vogel. Tune back in in two weeks to hear from our very own Jack Dugoni about what it's like to chat with eight engineers. You can find this episode and more resources online at thisengineeringlife.com. Also, be sure to look us up on TikTok. I'm Richard. I'm Celine. And I'm Raina. And this has been This Engineering Life. See you again soon.